Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, New Year's Eve, Celebrations and Locations, we explore the intersection between the worldwide holiday and the traditions and places that shape the event. Alex and I will take a fun look at the annual celebration from the history behind it to current trends and our own experiences. And with funny hats and hangovers in tow, Alex, please take us up. Okay, so let's start talking about the origins of New Year's celebration. So the first recorded New Year's Eve celebration was in ancient Babylon around 2000 BC. The festival was called the Kidu and could last up to 12 days and started on the first moon after the spring equinox, which is when sunlight and darkness are equal. So that's like the perfect, perfect day. And of uh, course, we all know that 2001 BC was the first hangover. <laughs> <laughs> so most people don't know that the date January 1st actually was chosen in part to honor Janus, the Roman god of beginnings, which was referred to as the Julian calendar from Julius Caesar in 46 BC. However, medieval Christians tried to replace January first with more religious significant dates. And in 1582, Pope Gregory XIII created a revised calendar that officially established January 1st as New Year's Day. And that was the Gregorian calendar, which I didn't realize is actually a solar calendar. Um, and in fact, used by both countries around the world today. Now, but the reason why the Chinese New Year and the Gregorian New Year is different is that the Chinese calendar is based on a lunar cycle not solar. So the holiday falls on the second new moon after the winter solstice, which could be anywhere between January to mid-February. And I'll tell you something, they know how to party because the New Year's <laughs> in China, I think it's like a week or a month or some crazy thing. All the businesses are closed, all the holiday, everyone's on holiday for at least a week or something. They do it right. We do it one night. They do it right. The question is, though, is why is there so much pressure on New Year's? I feel there's always so much pressure to have a good time, to have the best time, to go to the best party. You know, I don't know if it's because um, we've grown accustomed to having a blowout on New Year's Eve or if it's because the promise is new for the future and you want to start off on the right foot. I mean, do you feel that pressure that to, to, to go to the hottest party, to have the most extravagant time? Well, you know, it's more of like the the desire to celebrate the year at the end of the year. So, you know, when you accomplish something and you win, you want to celebrate all the good stuff, the the you know, the gratitude of the great things that have happened to you, the people that have come into your life, the the work accomplishments, the life goals that you've set the in the beginning of the year that are now solved or completed or won or what have you at the end of the year. And that's a point of celebration. So I look at the year end in contrast to the year beginning and then celebrating the goals that I had set out to achieve. Interesting. Yeah. I'll tell you a lot for a lot of businesses, that's their biggest night of the year. So, you know, you look at lounges and clubs and discos and, and do they even call them discos anymore? <laughs> discos. I'm, I'm aging myself. Discos. They, they can make in that one night what takes months to make or what they might not make all summer. Um, so you kind of, so, so there's a whole expense that comes with the, with the holiday now. And I got to be honest with you, the way I look at the holiday has changed as I've aged. 
I don't know if you've noticed, but it seems different when you're young to when you're old. Maybe that's true of a lot of things and the way we celebrate in general from a birthday to New Year's. But when I think about myself when I was young, I thought about going to a huge party, big group of friends. You, you know, you don't worry about how long it might take to get a drink. You know, you're sitting there wondering, geez, you know, we're going to we're going to buy four bottles of vodka. There's five of us. Do you think we have enough booze? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Running around to make an appearance everywhere. That's how it was for me when I was young. How was it for you when you were young? Well, you know, it's the same thing. And I always look at it like we're on two sides of a commerce equation when you're young and old like when you're young even like christmas you're the recipient of gifts when you're old you're the one that's buying them right so the good old days days. (laughs) and it's the same with new year's eve it's it's sort of like when you're younger you're, you're kind of being shepherded around by some other chaperone or some other person that's the elder in your in your little crew that has the dinner reservations that has the good parties that buys all the booze. And so you're riding on someone else's coattails for a good part of your youth until that point time comes where someone's like, okay, um, Alex, Jamie, what are we doing for New Year's? And you're like, oh, geez, I have to figure this all out. I got to go out of pocket for all this. I got to travel. I got to take people places. And that becomes a whole burden for me. And I, I've gotten to that age now where I'm the one that people are asking, like, what to do and where we're going, which is a pain in the butt, to be honest. Yeah, and unfortunately, I, as I'm older than you, I've blown past that phase. <laughs> and I'm in the, listen, can we celebrate on the 30th and save money phase? Right. You, know, I, you know, how long is it going to take me to get an Uber, you know? <laughs> well, soon What's we'll the be traffic real- going to be like? As soon as someone will be wheeling you into the party. So actually, they come full circle. putting the bib on (laughs) but i mean let's be honest i at at a certain what at what age do you go from those fireworks are amazing i can't believe they're over to the fireworks are over how long before i can get out of this place and go home how do i extract myself from the party you know what i mean do i need earplugs for the club (laughs) i'm in in that group now (laughs) (laughs) well so certainly we're a long way away from um from some of the some of the, the most commonly viewed particularly in the U.S. and the Northeast, events uh, of New Year's Eve celebration, and that's standing and watching the ball drop. I remember when that thing was a thing, right? Where, like, you were, you just couldn't wait to see the ball drop. You'd, you'd, you, you couldn't wait to get to Times Square early and stand out in the cold. Of course, then it wasn't as cold uh, 20 years ago as it is today, for, other, for reasons with which we won't mention, but... Having to stand in the cold for hours, if not, you know, I mean, maybe 10 hours in some places without a bathroom today uh, is an issue. It has nothing to do with my incontinence. It more, it's more has to do with the fact that there's no, um, when you're young, it, it doesn't matter. You're just having a great time and you're not worried about all the issues and the elements. Yeah, exactly. You don't worry about stuff. You don't think you don't. Sometimes you don't think it through. Sometimes you think it through and you just don't care. Um, I at one point once had met some people who spent that New Year's Eve night in Times Square in the oh, wow. cold. And I said, well, how do you go to the bathroom? Because, you know, you can't leave yeah. the space. If you leave the space, you lose your spot. Exactly. So so they just went to the bathroom in their pants and it froze in their <laughs> pants. <laughs> I'm, think, I'm thinking wow, to myself. That's- that ball better be magical. That ball better, you know, that ball better have sex with me because in order to put up with that, I'm, I got to tell you, it's not worth it. Yeah, spoiler alert, it's not worth it. 
so <laughs> people, so looking at across the world, so not just in New York, where in you know, America, it's obviously the the ball dropping, and in every city, in major city in, in in America, it's celebrated slightly differently. Some cities have fireworks, like in Miami, others uh, others not so much. But around the world, people celebrate New Year's Eve a little bit different, right? In in Spain, you know, eating twelve grapes at midnight is a thing. Right, right, right. In Denmark, I think you smash plates and jump off chairs, hopefully in that order. (laughs) Which which we do pretty much in New York as well. (laughs) Uh, Just not on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In Greece, uh, handing uh, out onions. That brings a tear to my eye. (laughs) <laughs> and in Brazil, there's a new tradition in Brazil that you that you you've uh, that you probably experienced. Yeah, and listen, it's uh, uh, you, you know you're supposed to wear white. Everybody's in white, which actually makes for a gorgeous party. Imagine a party. And as a matter of fact, it's been picked up. You have white parties all over the world now. Mostly, I think the French or French groups do white parties. But yeah, you're supposed to dress in white. You throw candles and flowers into the ocean. You're supposed to jump over seven waves and make seven wishes. So they, they integrate the location, which is this natural beauty and the water into the festivities. Yeah, I was actually in Rio during New Year's on the beach uh, wearing white. It's great celebration. It was like literally four million people on the beach wearing white that evening. It was a quite, a, quite an epic um, scenario. And they were shooting fireworks over the, you know, over the beach. And I, as a New Yorker, you know, you, you can't, there's, there's fire brigades, uh, you know, the, the, the fireworks are on the water in barges, there are fire trucks everywhere. There were no fire trucks or fire brigades to be seen on the beaches in Rio, just for FYI's sake. I was a little more concerned uh, as I was feeling the heat of the of that fireworks out of my head on top of it being 100 degrees at night. So um, no one died, I don't think. But it definitely was uh, definitely was a little scary. Yeah, I've uh, I've done that same Copacabana Beach New Year's Eve, and it is it is really impressive. It's not easy to find somebody. Oh, he's what's he wearing? He's in white. <laughs> Good luck That's finding right. some to yeah. lose your crowd. You're in big trouble. Um, but yeah, surprise, surprise, third world country. Maybe the fire safety regulations weren't as enforced as they might be someplace else. Yeah, and speaking about speaking about fire in India, um, the tradition is to burn a, to build a sculpture of an old man and burn it down. What so the original Burning Man? <laughs> That's the original I, Burning Man. Poss- quite possibly. <laughs> I need to check my facts on that one. Um, and I guess in different places, there's different food and beverage things like eating noodles in Japan or champagne in France. I guess that's very regional, right? That, well, I mean, champagne now is everywhere. For some reason, there's, there's some of the traditions that, that have made it kind of around the world. I mean, I can't necessarily think of a New Year's Eve in America where champagne isn't involved in some way, shape or form. Yeah, good point. I, I listen. They were geniuses, just like the the greeting card companies came up with Father's Day and Mother's Day and this day and that day. The champagne guys, listen, we we got to find a way to push the product. We need something. And someone said, "I got an idea." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, 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 then, and, then, and then they got a phone call. Yeah, we're the caviar people. Can you repeat that again, please? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, in in China, also you mentioned how great how great it is the celebration that lasts over a week. They they light lanterns symbolize the driving out of darkness and bringing hope into the coming new year. Um, Netherlands, the donuts and, and ring-shaped foods. 
Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I think in Germany, they, they marzipan shaped into a pig for luck. I guess, you know, pig can be very lucky. Not so much for the pig, but for the, other, for the other people. But, you know, it's interesting about those China lanterns. I think a couple of James Bond movies, there's always some movies where they show these, where the lanterns, they let them out onto the water. I think right. that is some of the coolest things you can see. I guess that comes from their New Year's celebration, and we've kind of incorporated that. I think there's a lot of uh, funerals now, they do things where they let the lights out. I just think those lights over the water really cool. That's a really cool look. With all these differences from around the world, like you say, there are certain things that have transcended location and become common during that holiday. The fireworks, caviar, noisemakers, funny hats, you know, the glasses with the zeros being the glasses during the years 2000s can be a little harder now. But um, um, and, 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 I, and I think even cities are now competing for 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 dominating some of those traditions like when i think of fireworks is there any major city in the world that isn't competing now to have quote unquote the best fireworks i know sydney gets that advantage because of the time zone they're always the first so you always have those gorgeous fireworks over the opera house that's the first visual you see the in instagram or in TikTok because they're the first to put it up you know but i think even cities are competing now to be where you want to be maybe for tourism where you want to be for new year's yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. As we talk about commerce, it, I'm sure there's an economic boost to that city on that day or that leading up to that day uh, because of all the tourism and all the commerce that's descending upon it. I think, and ironically enough, I, I never really knew that fireworks were a thing for New Year's being a New Yorker. Like, we don't have, you know, our big thing is fireworks for, New, for, for 4th of July. For New Year's, it's a ball dropping. So the fact that you have fireworks and all the celebration of multiple cities just indicates the power of New Year's Eve and the celebratory kind of uh, impact that it has among the community, but also the need to, you, to your point, to, to show each, to show the, the one-upmanship to, to show off your city versus the others around the world. Yeah, and I, and I think you hit a great point there. There's a whole tourism aspect to this as well. And we'll get in that in a minute regarding the holidays and locations and, and why people travel. But uh, there's certainly cities are trying to get on the map every way they can to get more people to bring in tourist dollars. And the fireworks is certainly one of them. One of the other traditions in New Year's is New Year's resolutions. Now, I'm not right. sure how global that is, but certainly in the United States, that's a big deal. Now, what is that? The New Year's resolution is a tradition most common in the Western world, but also found in the Eastern world, in which a person resolves to continue good practices, change an undesired trait or behavior, accomplish a personal goal, or otherwise improve their behavior at the beginning of the calendar year. It's kind of like, okay, this year I'm going to do this, or this year I'm going to lose weight, or this year I'm going to quit smoking, right? It's an opportunity perhaps on the calendar to have a specific point in time where you start to make a change or start something new. But what I found so interesting is that a study found that 46% of participants who made New Year's resolutions such as weight loss or exercise or quitting smoking or quitting drinking, they were likely to succeed 10 times more than people who decided to make those same changes at any other point in time. So there is something to do with, with, with the timing of it. Well, so define success. I <laughs> see. I think that's the thing that I like to think about because everyone has a New Year's resolution. Not everyone completes it to that extent. And so I think some is better than others. So, for example, 
Um, it's not surprising that at the beginning of the new year, um, gym memberships uh, uh, explode. Uh, not surprising that that Amazon book sales on self help explode. We want, yeah, everybody wants to take off a few lbs. Um, most people want to learn a new skill, so all of those things start supercharged, and then they kind of die off towards uh, February, <laughs> February fourth, <laughs> <laughs> and and so. So I, but I think you know, in terms of your weight loss journey, everyone maybe say, "I want to learn, I want to lose fifty pounds." Um, at the end of the year, they may have lost five. At least they lost something, right? So I guess the success isn't necessarily achieving that goal specifically that you set out in the year, but it's achieving something. And I think that at the end of the year is what's really good to celebrate. But it's all in the eye of the beholder, right? It is a very subjective metric um, on on success, I'm sure. Of course, and everybody's got their own, you know, usually you're your worst critic. Everybody's very tough on themselves more than anybody else, usually. And so it all depends on, on you know, the goals you set for yourself and how you view success versus failure. But I just do think it's so interesting that having that marked on January 1st as a resolution somehow helps towards the success of that endeavor, of that goal. And I think maybe that's true of a lot of things. You know, you read about these days, there's a lot, I, I hear a lot about journaling now. I hear a lot about people write something in your journal every day, write your goal for the day, write your goal for the week. And I think there must be something to bringing structure to a goal or to a desire can help to succeed in that desire, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, not just structure, but you're also bringing it to life, right? So the whole visioning, say, you know, by the end of the year, I want to achieve this, and you visualized it. And a lot of people uh, can, you know, sort of believe in this concept of visioning, you know, sort of be the be the success that you want to see in this world. Like you actually just put it out there, and you will achieve it. That is what we do on Jan on January first. We set a goal and we say, "All right, we put a <laughs> we put the travel and leisure um, uh, picture on the wall." And and uh, lo and behold, midsummer it happens. Listen, I can't tell you which resolutions are most likely to succeed, but I can tell you which resolution is guaranteed to fail. And that's the one when you wake up on January first and go, "I'm never drinking again." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and we've usually, all been there. <laughs> yeah, this is this is true. This is true. So let's talk a little bit about the cost of New Year's. New Year's is not necessarily a cheap holiday if you want to go all out in the way that a lot of people like to celebrate. We mentioned how restaurants and lounges, that's their big night, so they're going to charge a good amount of money. You know, I think bottle service broke the New Year's Eve bank. I mean, I can remember days when before bottle service, because I'm old, where you know, bottle service was only in Europe in Monte Carlo, where you didn't have to buy a bottle to get a table, to get a chair. You know, I never forget the first time I was in Monte Carlo, and it was in the 90s, and we went to this club that was, that was very well known, and we went to buy a drink, and it was $38 in the 90s that was like the price of the bottle i was i was shocked now 38 dollars is nothing compared to the 600 dollars bottle of vodka you gotta buy just so you can have a place for you and your date or your wife or your or your significant other to be able to sit during during the event so i think i think i think and again we can talk about how you don't have to spend a dime to have a good time in life but i think new year's eve to do it right has become an extravagant expense yeah, I would break that down into sort of two categories, right? One is um, the money that you spend and then the why that you spend it, right? I think New Year's Eve, 
is probably one of the few holidays a year in the in the U.S. where you're celebrating yourself, right? And like I, you know, I'm not buying gifts for anybody else. I'm buying drinks for me. I am getting myself a nice suit or a nice dress and heels. I'm going out and I'm looking good. So it's more of an inward celebration. I didn't know you bought dresses and heels, but congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) I love power to you. I love you being honest. (laughs) Yeah, the the, the barometer of which you, your your spending barometer is, is dictated upon how much you want to spend on yourself. Right. And so that's kind of the why, which I love New Year's Eve as a holiday versus others because it's a little bit more inward focused. Um, but the, but the, but the, how much you spend piece um, is, a, is a lot in part dictated by the venue, the places that you go, and then the people that are taking advantage of our own self obsession. Right. It's, it's crazy. And, I, and to your point, you know, it feels like every year champagne prices go up. Uh, you know, I remember at one point they were like $30 a, a bottle. Now they're in the $60 bottle. I mean, and it seems like every year since I, I noticed they've gone up a dollar or two. So th- there's no question that we're getting taken advantage of uh, pretty much every year by the usual suspects. I got to tell you, I love your take on it, that it's a chance for you to spend on yourself, to celebrate yourself, celebrate your year. I think that's a very healthy way to look at the holiday. Um, let's talk a little bit about location. Um, I've, I've celebrated New Year's Eve in a lot of different places, a lot of in Brazil, because I grew up there. And so I was going back there a lot. Um, I've celebrated in Europe, I've celebrated uh, in, in North America. People seem to travel a lot for New Year's Eve. I, I wonder why that is. Is it the fact you think that it bookmarks the holiday with Christmas? So that like, for example, in 2023, if you took the holiday from the Friday night or Saturday of the Christmas weekend all the way through the New Year's holiday, you got 10 days off and only had to take four vacation days, the Tuesday through Friday. So I think I think it naturally finds itself in a in a time frame of the calendar that people will take the holiday. The kids have school off, etc. So I think New Year's falls into a location issue because it's part of the whole vacation that time of year. Do you think that's accurate? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, it's, it's a really good question. You raise a good topic that I'm sure a lot of our listeners would be thinking about is that the location in some cases defines the outcome that you're hoping for um, for the for the for the next year. It's like it's like I want more fun in my life. Um, I'm going to spend time with my family in Christmas, but I'm going to go someplace fun for New Year's. Or I need more peace and tranquility in my life. I spend time with my family in Christmas. I want to go someplace like the like the top of the Himalayas or something, and be and be tranquil, tranquil by myself or in the countryside or what have you for years. So I think I think a lot of it defines it, it, you know a lot of the locations that people select are defined by what they're trying to achieve in some cases. Yeah, I agree, and I think you you've hit on an interesting topic, which is contrast. Which is very favorable in life having contrast between what you normally do and what you want to do when it's something special, which is why I find people who are normally in warm climates like Miami, if they travel for New Year's, they'll go someplace cold like Aspen. And the people who are in New York, which is cold or Montreal or Boston, they'll go to a place like Miami or Rio, which is hot. So you're taking advantage of the contrast. It's almost like clean slate, clean view, changed look, changing my my life, etc. I think 
I think part of that feeling is enhanced when you can change location. So location can have a big say in how enjoyable that New Year's revolution is, not to mention all the traditions we just talked about and the things you might want to do that, you know, the thought of jumping seven waves uh, over New Year's sounds like, and wearing white sounds like such a cool thing to do that you want to do once in your life. So you got to go to Brazil for New Year's. Right, right. And and in that way, you, you, you kind of kill multiple birds with one stone, right? You get to see someplace new, see some culture, having a great experience, uh, and um, and you know, coming back with you know some some great memories of which you know you can share with your friends and folks that hadn't get had the opportunity to 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 take on that trip and that travel. So, what are some of the fun places you've been for New Year's? <laughs> fun, fun anecdotes you have. I mean, I've got well. The Brazil story was 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 most was most interesting. I happened to be in Brazil um, by myself. I had a I had a buddy of mine that I was traveling with, and he bailed on me last minute, and so I ended up just going. And it was probably the most rewarding, adventurous experiences I had ever had. Plus, I I just loved Brazil, so I had a great a, a great a great time. And in Brazil, um, I I. I'm a capoeira. I've done capoeira for for pretty much most of my life, and is a tradition in Brazil. Is if you uh, on on New Year's Day, if you need to play capoeira, and if you do that, you will have a great year, and it's good luck. So there's a lot of really new nuanced traditions in Brazil. Uh, whether or not you're in in uh, in Rio or you're in Bahia in Salvador, every place has a little bit of a of a, a slight twist to the holiday that that makes it fun and interesting. Yeah, I've I've uh, <clears throat> I think the greatest fireworks show I ever saw was that fireworks over Copacabana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one one New Year's, like you say, the barges and they have a lot of barges out in the water. It's uh, it's amazing. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you a funny thing. I once went to a New Year's Eve in Barcelona uh, with, with, a, with a black tie, kind of a James Bond theme. So, of course, Jamie Blonde had to go. Um, and, and they had, they had casino, it was casino night, right? Cause the whole James oh, Bond right. team. Right. And that's what's right. so funny is, is that you're down, I, I'm like all excited. I love to get this shows you the power of get the power to get something for nothing is so strong in human nature. I'm at the casino table playing craps. I'm complaining. They're not you following the rules. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I realize it's New Year's Eve. The chips are worthless. It's just for fun. What am I doing? Wasting my time trying to win. It's not even to win money. It's just for fun. I'm there in a tuxedo on New Year's Eve at the gambling table. So I, <laughs> I finally walked away, went and That's had fun instead of standing in front of the casino. But I did really like the dressing up. I don't know. I don't. We talked about that briefly about spending the money to dress up. But I will say one of the things I do like to celebrate New Year's is I do like going to some place where you're in a suit or you're or you're in a tuxedo and the women are all dolled up and everybody's in is dressed to the nines. It adds a certain glamour and that is that is to me like you say since you're celebrating yourself that's come out of a glamour holiday more than a family or a friend a family holiday so to me being a little more glamorous on a glamorous holiday enhances and i really enjoyed that barcelona holiday partly because we were all dressed up yeah and it's among friends right i mean you you don't you don't necessarily I mean, most people don't take their kids to the new year's eve party uh, they leave the kids at home or with a nanny what have you and then the, then the adults go out and have a good time 
And that's rare among holidays, you know, in America for the most part, uh, you know, and, and, and Christmas, if you have a family, I mean, some, some people just don't have families or in a place where they don't have access to their families. So they're by themselves on Christmas. And yet on New Year's, you can be with your friends, you can, you can make new friends, you can establish um, what would be a prosperous future all on that day. I mean, you, like you said, you went to Barcelona. You may not want money, but you felt really good dressed up. And you probably met a few folks that you probably are still in contact with today. I'm not quite sure how long ago that was. But it, it, it was a transformative experience that it changed your life probably forever that it happened on a single evening. Right. Because, again, you're creating so many memories at one place and one time. And like you say, you're hitting so many buckets in terms of a location, being well-dressed, a fun party, good friends, new new people, etc. Now, what about the opposite, right? So I think we were talking about all the success and fun and greatness of New Year's Eve. But a lot of people actually leave a location because of New Year's Eve celebrations. Like in New York, I, I'm, just, I'm just happy to be out of New York uh, because where I live is very close to Times Square. I'm like, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm out of there because it's going to be a zoo. It's going to be noise. People are going to throw parties. And so I'm leaving to escape the craziness. What about, we, we didn't talk enough about, about the, the, the problems with New Year's Eve celebrations and what that causes and creates for people. Well, you make a great point about logi- logistics can screw up your whole life if you're if you're near some big celebration. I got two. One is I was on a boat once on New Year's Eve in Miami, which was beautiful and so much fun. And two minutes after the fireworks are over, I'm like, how do I get off the boat? You know, I'm stuck on this boat on New Year's on New Year's Day at two in the morning on the boat in, in Biscayne Bay, and I can't get off. I'm like, if I swim, how much damage will I do to my jacket? You know. <laughs> and the, the other was when you go to a big event or you go to a big party or big dinner, you are benefiting from all the people there, but you're also stuck with whoever's there. And I was once at the Riviera Maya for Mexico and at a hotel with a girlfriend and we made some friends. And so a bunch of people, we all got together. Let's all have a big table for dinner. But some of the friends of the friends I made were not the kind of people I would normally hang out with at all, let alone on New Year's Eve, but you got to put up with them for the whole night because you're there. So it's all a question of sometimes you have to just lose control and enjoy it no matter what. I think that's the bottom line. Yeah, you can't give up, really give up. Yeah, sometimes you have to just give up control and enjoy it no matter what. Yeah, you can't necessarily orchestrate a good time, right? I mean, you can plan, do your best, all the intentions are laid, but things go sideways. Um, and you still kind of have to look at it and batch it up as a grain of salt. And as a result, your year won't be ruined because of it. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I've actually, it's funny, when, when you think about the day after, right, because there's New Year's Day, there's New Year's Eve, and then there's New Year's Day, and then there's the day after. Uh, and usually, the because it's the January 1st, January 2nd, and when the mail starts working, that's when the bills start coming in. Right? That's when you get your first credit card bill, like whatever that day is. And you realize, Jesus, and I spent so much money and you're, you're upset that you, that you spent a lot of money on a situation and it kind of like you, that awakening and realization happens uh, as to whether or not it was all worth it. 
Well, not only that, if you're in any kind of business where it's revenue-based or commission-based, when you turn that corner on January 2nd, when you go back into work, all your numbers are now at zero. They just went from December 24th or December 31st where you had a great year, and now you're starting from scratch. What have you done for me lately? That's a real hit in the head. Time to get to work. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like my frequent flyer miles. <laughs> it's like, what the? So, yeah, so it's, it's, it is a reset. Um, in, in, in some ways good, in some ways not so much. So I think the bottom line is New Year's is a great holiday. It's a great opportunity uh, to celebrate your past and to look forward to new and better things in the future. It's a good time to share with friends and family, and it's a great time to travel and experience new and different locations. So wherever you are and wherever you're at, New Year's Eve can be a special occasion for you. Enjoy it. It's a great new year. Looking forward to many more to come. Yes, and tune in to the Real Estate Podcast in 2024 for many more exciting new episodes. And thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week.